What's going on, Love Quest Nation? Thank you for tuning in to the Love Quest Podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go! Hey, man, look at your neighbor on the left and right of you. Say you're sitting next to a grateful person. You go have a seat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, you know, here, here's, here's the thing. You know, I walk in the atmosphere, and because I've made myself available, I can feel... I can feel in the room, even in the midst of praise, when people carry heaviness around, right? So, so you come in, and as much as I'm trying to encourage you, I'm also trying to fight them spirits off. Because you know that you can impart them. People come in the room with all kinds of stuff going on. And if you don't learn how to spray your uh, repellent, that depression will jump on you. Right, you know, you ever have a, you be in a good mood, and and then all of a sudden you're like, man, I was I was cool earlier. What happened, man? You better learn how to take authority over your atmosphere. Let me tell you, you walk in you walk in your house tonight. When you get home, all the lights are out. Tell me the first thing you're gonna do. Why is that the first thing? Man, you preaching and you don't even know it. You like you don't even know it. You don't even know it. Some people, you some people are so in the dark, you don't even know when you preach in yourself. The first thing you do when you walk into darkness, before you do anything, before you go to the washroom, before you lay the groceries down, before you close the door, you find the light. And the, if you and that's what he means. You seek the light first. And all these other things will be added unto you. I get I get to go to the washroom. Safely because or efficiently because I turned on the light. I get to put my groceries down in the right place because I turned the light on. I'm not stumbling all over the house because I first turned my lights on. So it's kind of like before you get this word, you need to do what? Turn the lights on. And this is what worship gives you the opportunity to do what? Turn the lights on and you wonder how when you don't engage in worship, you stumble in the word. So the whole service, you're like, what he meant? Huh? Oh, he'll say it again. I'll go back and listen to it. Instead of worshiping, and when you're worshiping, you're tilling the soil of your ground so it's good ground. And so by the time the word comes, boy, you like, uh-uh, you're just catching it like Randy Moss. You don't know who Randy Moss is. That's okay. Right? You're catching it like a Hall of Fame wide receiver. You don't know what the Hall of Fame or receiver is. Okay, I'm, I'm going to quit. <laughs> Let it burn. Right? That's what, I'm, that's, what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to do, man. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to ignite a fire. If you want to stay wet wood, <clears throat> you go right ahead. I don't even know why you come out on Wednesday if you want to stay wet wood. But if you want something different in your life, when you get around people on fire, then let them set you on fire. 
right? This, this topic is living in the realm of passion. I want to I move, move forward. Just because you have desires does not mean you have passion. Can I talk? Can I talk? Y'all real close together. Y'all going to be able to type? Y'all good? All right. All right. Squish, squish. Amen. Um, just because you have desires doesn't mean you got passion. There's a whole lot of depressed people. That got that got desires. You you ever you ever hungry and want something to eat, but you won't get up, and you just hoping somebody bring, praise God for skip the dishes, but sometimes you don't even feel like ordering skip the dishes, right? You can be you can have the desire to eat, but be too lazy and unmotivated. Right. Or it's past. If you live in a neighborhood where all the skip the dishes, it is they don't skip no more. It's past the hours of skip the dishes. And, and like where I live, skip the dishes going to stop somewhere about eight or nine. And then what you get to choose from is real slim. Like pizza, but then Pizza Hut. When you get older, you understand Pizza Hut ain't really the choice that you want to choose if you care. <clears throat> so then you just go to bed and you're just like, well, I'm going to eat these little stale tortilla chips left in the, in, the, in the cabinet and then I'm just going to drink some water and I'm going to go to sleep and eat in the morning. Right? You can have desires. I always talk about this because it's a big topic in the world, but you can want a spouse but never have passion to be, be a husband before you get a wife or be a wife before you get a husband. You don't become a wife when you get married or a husband when you get married. You become a husband before you get married. And you become a wife. So if you really desire a husband, women, start getting ready for one. You need to be preparing for one more than you hunting for one. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> right? Right? You want people to see the truth. Not the potential. They, you want people to see who you getting who God is. is, is uh, how could I put this? Like who I am, this is who I am. Like, like, like my renewed self. Like if I was this guy when me and my wife met, she would have had a real opportunity to be like, yeah, I want to marry a pastor. But we met in the club. So a lot of our relationship have been surprises. Now, thank God he is faithful and he can work that thing together. But some of y'all nowhere near who God has called you to be, let alone do you have confidence in who you are and you are choosing a person or accepting a person based on your insecurities or what you need. You're not choosing based on what you're called to partner with. Based on purpose. You're choosing based on a season you're in and a need you have. How they talk to you in this season is based on what you need for healing. So you can easily get tricked because he said the right thing. Oh, he listened to me. Of course. You do whatever the fish in the lake need to catch the fish. But once the fish get in your possession, you get to do what you want to do with it. 
So don't think because he listened to you on the first date, third date, second date, and then once you give him the cookies, then you're wondering why he don't like cookies no more. Just because you have desires does not mean you have passion. The realm of revival, and, and, and let me back up a little bit before, real quick. I'm talking about the passion of Christ, the passion of kingdom living. Not, not, not the love of money or the love of your favorite food or a passion for traveling. I'm talking about unshakable passion. I'm talking about purpose-driven passion. I'm talking about passion with a fight in it, right? The realm of revival will always increase the love and passion and diversity of people that experience revival. True revival will always cause or increase love, passion, diversity and as we read the word we'll see that you don't have God's love without God's passion they're, they're interchangeable the passion you know the movie didn't say the love of Christ it said the passion of Christ right he had passion for you and his passion driv, drove him to the cross passion is like whatever it takes that's why you got to be careful for where your passion is invested some of us have passion for things that leave us, hurt us, and then we're disappointed. And then our hope and our passion is deferred. Um, are, are you, you guys warm right now? You good? Can we, can we know? Y'all got to do something about it. Amen. Y'all going to have some coffee or something. Amen. Y'all making my voice work. Song of Solomon. Hang my locket around your neck. Wear my ring on your finger. Love is invincible facing danger and death. I'll say it again. Love is invincible facing danger and death. What does is, what is invincible mean? You, you ever like look at the word like the word going to crack open a definition for you? What does invincible mean? Huh? Can't be defeated. Can't be destroyed. Indestructible. This is a smart section. They was the single section Sunday. Now they the smart section. What does invincible mean? Can't be killed. Unstoppable. Listen to what this say. Look at listen. Effie over there. That we got it now. She over there looking at all kind of search engines and trying to come with a deep definition. Amen. <laughs> it's the nuclear reaction to the sonic sound of the love of God. <laughs> Look, <laughs> love is unstoppable facing danger and death. Now, the extreme is death. And so we understand 
what was inside Jesus, the spirit of God. Amen. And we understood death could not hold you. That's what they're saying. So if I'm filled with the spirit of God, if death could not stop Jesus, then what are we allowing? Some of us, not even, we, none of us in here are even faced with death. We're faced with haters. We're faced with getting fired. We're faced with somebody breaking up with us. We're faced with rumors. We're not even faced with death, and we about to faint. We about to lose our mind. We losing our sanity. Like the stuff that we magnify is way bigger than what we make it. Right? Look, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a decently big dude. But if a mouse run in the room, that's PJ's job right there. Because in my mind, a mouse, in my mind, a mouse somehow got some power over me. So I don't even want to deal with it. But, but in my mind, like in the Bible... Uh, there, there was two men that said we could take the promised land. And then there was a large group of people said we're only like grasshoppers. Who said they was like grasshoppers? It was how they saw themselves, but let alone how they saw themselves, they saw themselves small because they magnified the opponent. And to me, you might think, oh, I can't overcome this. This is too hard. It's only as hard as you are magnifying whatever you think is coming against you. Oh, I can't make it through this. Why can't you make it through this? Who told you you can't make it through this? But you're magnifying the circumstance. You're magnifying the situation, not knowing there's something greater in you. Then he, circumstance, that is in the world. Love is unstoppable facing danger and death. Let me put it this way. God passion is invincible. Okay, another way, the Bible says, nothing is impossible with God. Or another scripture, I can do all things through Christ. Why through Christ? There, there's a passion. There's an unstoppable, immovable, unshakableness about Jesus. So instead of saying, do it, Lord, you got to see that the Lord, you telling the Savior city, he's in you and can't do it without you doing it. He needs your hands, your brain, your tongue, your feet, your obedience, your wind, your breath, your life, your eyes. He needs you to look wide open. He needs you to look excited. It don't matter if you feel like it, but I'm smiling because these Jesus teeth. And Jesus want to smile right now. Jesus is trying to encourage somebody. You got, you, what you go to the dentist for? What you taking care of your teeth for if Jesus can't use them? Might as well be buck tooth, rotten mouth. You know what I'm saying? Stank breath. Do it. God ain't can't use your mouth, so let it be trash. It's like it don't matter if I feel like it, but it, wherever there's souls, I become a vessel. That's what he said. I bought you with a price. Your temple is the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
It's like, I'm not going to cuss when I go to church. Okay, you're not going to cuss in a building, but you're going to cuss in this building. So just go cuss at church. But this is the building. You the church. Love is invincible. We still there, huh? Passion laughs at ter- Look, do me a favor. 15 minutes. 15 minute intervals. Let's turn the heater off. You keep the timer. I ain't going to even remind you. Turn the heater off 15 minutes. Y'all be, I'm going to be hot for 15. Y'all going to be cold for 15. Yeah, we going we to this. You know what I'm saying? God loves everybody. Then when he turned the heater back on, I'm going to roll my eyes just like y'all did. Okay? Show you how you look to me. (laughs) Passion. Say passion. Right. Say it with some passion. Some of y'all don't even know. He was like, how's that? Passion? (laughs) Passion should be. Amen. Passion laughs. At the terrors of hell. Passion. Like passion. Laughs at the terrors of hell. The threats of hell. You know what I'm saying? You ever. uh, I know y'all don't fight here in in, in British Columbia. But where I'm from. We used to play box. You getting ready to get in a fight. Somebody. And then you get people to flinch. And then sometimes you. And then some people like. This is what he's saying. Passion laughs at the. This is what you got to see. And this is what I'm saying. All all the devil did this week was. You're like, can somebody please pray for me? I don't know if I can live another day. But all he did was. This is, this is, so, 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 uh, Jesus defeating the grave only gave the enemy the power to do this. All he could do was flinch. All he could do is drop seeds and hopefully you buy it. And then you, the one turned it into a big thing. You, he dropped the seed, you turned it into a narrative. You created the story in your mind. And then familiar spirits latched on it because you gave them permission. And then you have supporters of your narrative. So then because you have supporters, guess what? Now you have a right to fill it. And then everybody else who's not standing with your narrative, you need to leave churches. You need to leave relationships because you don't understand me. You're controlling. You're doing this. No, I just don't believe your narrative. I'm just not a victim of your narrative. I take in a higher narrative, and he is a healer. He can get you through this. And for you to get out of your narrative sometime, you need to break the shackles of certain relationships. Because what you don't understand, no one's telling you to break up with the person or get rid of the person. But sometimes it takes you to leave a physical person to disconnect from a spirit that that person is hosting. Right, some, com- some, some combinations aren't good for each other. So that's a good person, but with you two together, you or them bring something out of you. 
So it's just some combinations. That's why you can get three superstars playing on the same team. It doesn't guarantee a championship. You need the right negatives in your life, like accountability. Right? That don't feel good, but that's a good negative. That's a negative that leads me to change. Versus the negative that's camouflaged behind agreement from people who don't want to see me go higher. Passion laughs at the terrors of hell. The fire of love, the fire of love or the passion of love stops at nothing. You can't stop somebody when they have their passion cling to something greater. They're driven. It sweeps everything before it. You are in my way. He told Joshua this. He said, go. And the way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Everywhere your feet tread. It's yours. Who said that? Love. Oh, look, y'all, in case you forgot, God is love, agape. Right? So he's saying it sweeps everything before it. Why couldn't they stop Jesus? Because he was God. Um, this is where you, you this is where you minimize the power of our humanity with Jesus in it. No, he denied. That side of him to the point where he was fully God. Yeah, he was fully man. Tempted as man. But you think it was the God side of him that carried him to the cross. The only part of the God side that he walked in was the love of God. And the power of God, even the woman with the issue of blood, he said, your faith made you whole. Well, that was Jesus did it. No, Jesus didn't touch her. He didn't look at her. He didn't talk to her. She was healed before they made eye contact. But let me tell you this. Jesus had to be baptized like you and I. Jesus had to be filled with the Holy Ghost like you and I. Jesus fasted like you and I. So if he was just all God and he could have forfeited all that, he didn't need to fast. He didn't need to get baptized. But there were things he had to do. There was an order he had to walk in so that in his flesh, demons still had to bow. So the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in so so what 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 thing you magnifying oh man it is such an insult to god's love when we become babies when faced with challenges when i say i'm not talking about major challenge i ain't talking about sickness and like i get some of it but i'm talking about like serving what it, it, it like that your life that inconvenience Oh, we got to have another service? I got to go to church on Sunday? Really? We don't get it. Our complaining to serve God and push the kingdom of God speaks to our lack of revelation of his love for us. Because what drives me up here, uh, Pastor T, how you just be going? 
I've just allowed his passion for you to be my priority. Because <laughs> if it was me, I'd be like, I don't want to be here like you don't want to be here. But his passion for you. And we're so self-absorbed. We don't, we, God can't, his passion can't live in us for nothing else but us. And so whenever God is trying to move us forward to higher calling, we're afraid because that means that, well, I need time for this and I need time for my kids and I need time for that. Yep. But God has this really cool way of bringing capacity and priority. Like, like he has a way of dealing with the people you, you think going to be mad at you. Like he has this cool way of making it all work together. But you'll never see that until you leap out in faith. You ready for this? Do not think, whoever this is for, do not think because someone isn't reminding you you have a call to answer. It's God giving you time. No, you're being proven. Do not think because... Like, like, you know it's a call on your life. You know you should be moving forward. But whatever excuses that are crippling you, that is stopping the passion of Jesus Christ from flowing through you to others, do not think because he's not bringing it up again. He's not giving you a sign because Pastor T isn't begging you or asking you or reminding you, nah, you got to be proactive about your call. I can't answer the phone for you. It's in your pocket. That's a violation if your phone ring and I go in your pocket and be like, who that? <laughs> you pressing the red button on the Lord. Floodwaters can't drown love. Torrents of rain can't put it out. Love can't be bought. Love can't be sold. It's not to be found in the marketplace. My brothers used to worry about me. John 15 says, for the greatest love, the greatest love, the greatest love. Right? We've taught on love. There's eros. There's philios. There's, there, you know what I'm saying? There, there, there's four different, five different types of love. And it's only one. Marriage is agape, not eros. Right, so if you, you marry, you conditional, you in relationships, it's condition, that is not the love of God. We'll teach on that love going wild again one day. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his or her life for his friends. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this weed down so the friends I'm praying about to God to come to God, I'm not the spliff in their way. Right, this ain't about do I love partying, do I love drinking, do I love smoking. This ain't about that. This is about a higher level of love 
because I don't want to be a stumbling block because my sip is only permission for my friend's addiction. I don't want to be the door. I don't want to be the permission slip. <laughs> you get it, right? You get it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought of that first. I thought of that first. That was genius. That was genius. The highest form of love is infused with the highest form of passion. This is why I'm like, I love Jesus, but you don't have no passion. So what's in you then? Religion? Because religion don't have passion. Right? I can't sit in a service and not be able to raise my hand, not be able to dance, not to be able to, 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 to do, do, do what the fire is making me do. And some people, I don't feel like you feel. Well, um, same God, same Holy Ghost. My question, do you let them? Are you available? Can, can he use your hands to clap? Do you know when you clap, it's a witness? It don't matter if you want to clap, but the song see, it, it gives you permission to clap. Somebody come in church for the first time and see you clap because you look like a trucker. So then a trucker come to church, he finds a trucker. Truckers know truckers. Right? Look, Day, Day got his hoodie on, right? No, keep your hoodie on, bro. They got his hoodie on, right? Now, let me. Brett. Right? Now, Brett may look across the room and see Dave and be like, huh, that's an interesting man. And if Brett don't know the Lord, if Brett's heart ain't right, he going to think he lost. He don't know they serve. He don't know they got a call on it. He don't know. Right? Um, but... But Brett may see Day clapping his hands, and that can deal with some prejudice in Brett's heart. Because he ain't never seen somebody with a hood on worship God. See, in the simplicity of our worship, we tear down strongholds, and we tear down mindsets and perceptions. And that's why I love a church like this, because when you think you figured a race out or an ethnicity out or a culture out, you come in and when we all praising God under one roof and under one purpose and under one voice, man, what it does to people's lives is it's unexplainable. And this is why you keeping your hands in your pockets and your arms crossed, you're robbing your neighbor. But if you really want to see people well. The Lord says you sacrifice all, even your pride. You want to know how you kill pride? Sacrifice it. The moment pride rise up and you're like, I'm not raising my hand. Somebody come in. Everybody in the room, just lift your hands. And you over there. The moment you make that decision, you have an opportunity to kill pride. And the only reason I'm lifting my hands is not because I want to, but I also don't want pride to have a stronghold in my life. So me being obedient is worth my freedom. This is why we give people instructions. Because you prayed before you came in, Lord, I need a breakthrough. Sometimes breakthrough comes through obedience. 
And you think, oh, I'm not lifting my hands. I don't got to do all that. What if that was the route? Maybe, maybe his Lord seeing what's stopping your breakthrough is your ego and your pride. So he gives you an opportunity to confront your ego and your pride. Jeez. And this great love, there's no greater love than one sacrifices. We are glory carriers. Man, there's something in us that our neighbors need. Last week we touched on this. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Shine. It didn't say try to shine. It didn't say work to shine. It just said shine. Be a light. How can you be a light? Because there is a light in you. You just let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Have you ever, uh, when you turn your light on and the light do what it do, it come on? Like most of the time when I hit the light switch in my, in my house, because the bill paid, boom. <laughs> I'm not tr- I've never tried to assist the light in shining. I just what? Let it shine. But I first have to what? You wake up, I don't feel like doing this today. Turn it on. How do you turn it on? Turn the right music on. Turn on light. Say the right words. Don't wake up complaining if you want to feel better. And the glory and brilliance of the Lord has risen up on you. Right? We read this scripture last week. Darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness or dense darkness will cover the peoples. Man, I remember after leaving on Sunday, I was so stirred up and I'm like, God dealt with me about a lot of stuff that this church needs to get ready for. Like some people don't know this, but not every church is ready to host every religion. But he said, love quest. That's why I gave you that name. Because every religion is on a love quest. And this is why Christians often have said, oh, that sounds strange. Because it sounds like we, we a love quest, like we some weird cult or some type of like, you know what I'm saying? Like we do raves or, I mean, we be raving, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's, it's love anytime. It's just how, how, how the devil has perverted love. It's some hippie movement or we get high at church or something like that. No, 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 no. What God said, he said, Terrence, I can trust you to be brave enough and bold enough and loving enough. See, see, some people don't know. On Sunday, there's Hindu in here. There's Muslim in here. There's New Age in here. And God said, I'm sending. When you, when you say all nations, that's not all Christian. That's all nations. That's all religions. That's all people type. And then he took me to the scripture. <laughs> and then he took me to the scripture. <laughs> he took me to the scripture where, and, and I might deal with this on Sunday. Um, but I really want to dig into it before I present it to you. But how many places in the Bible, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Elijah, where like Elijah was the prime example in front of other kings and idols and gods. It was like, let's do it. 
in front of the in front of the prophets of Baal, in front of, in front of Daniel, like, no, I'm not praying in secret. I'm gonna raise, I'm gonna invite you into my faith. This is what miracle signs and wonders are for. You see Pharaoh, you see Potiphar. If he could just find a Moses, if he could just find a Joseph that's not afraid to go in or let people in, then God's like, whoa, I got all these religions here at one time. Now I'm about to heal. Now I'm about to set free. Now I'm about to deliver. We want God to do miracles in front of nothing but Christians. That ain't what miracles are for. We're saved. If I'm going to heaven with one leg, I don't need the other one. When I get there, I get the other one. But people need to see that God is alive. But there ain't many places where other religions feel welcome. How does a Hindu, how does a Muslim feel at home when they come in the house of God? Because we didn't told them that they ain't God's children. Can they come in a place where love is so authentic and tangible that a person from another religion can come in and be like, I feel at home. That's the father's house. That's why we don't necessarily need church transfers. God is about to transfer religions. He's about to call his sons and his daughters home, man. Woo! Folks are about to make decisions. People are about to be broken free from the fear of disappointing their family members. Some people only believe what they believe because they grew up believing that. But God is saying there's more. He didn't, are you ready? God is not saying to everybody there's something else. He's just saying there's more. Because when you look at the core of a lot of these religions, they took a piece of the Bible, truth, and then did their own thing on it. So you better, man, some of these religions, we can't persecute the Hindu. We can't persecute the Sikh. We can't persecute. Why? These people are like, I love God. I got a problem with Jesus and maybe he got a problem with Jesus because his body don't look like him <laughs> you missed that right there we're the body we're the image so when they look at us and then we say Jesus the only way I'm like if they look if Jesus look like them I'm not going that way Think about it. <laughs> Somebody walked up to you <laughs> in the street. Beautiful face. Beautiful. If it's a man, he like handsome. He's ideal. Female walk up to you. Fellas, beautiful face. Ideal. And they're like, I'll be right back. And as they walk into the bathroom, you see their body. And it's all like decrepit and it's all nasty and it's, it's not consistent with the face. That walk, that walk could turn you off in a minute. You know what I'm saying? 
Man, there was this girl, and look, I hope you have a, you know what I'm saying? But there was, this, these are facts. There was this girl. <laughs> hey, these, there was this girl, in, there was this girl, <laughs> I feel there was this girl in my junior, in my junior high school, Tiffany. Tiffany was gorgeous. No, no, PJ, PJ, no, I told PJ this story. Come on, no, we streaming. Come on. I told PJ this story. I told PJ this story. Look, P, man, that was junior high school. L listen, Tiffany was a gorgeous young lady, light skinned, had a little wavy hair, right? And, and uh, Tiffany, she had uh, one leg. She had an aesthetic leg. And fellas didn't care about the aesthetic leg. <laughs> Tiffany dated a lot of people. Okay? But for some people, the point I'm trying to make is like, does his body look? Does his body love? Does his body, is his body strong? Is his body, the marriages of the body? The words that come out of the body's mouth, the patience of the body, the long suffering of, does the body, is it consistent? Why does that matter? He said, I'm, I'm coming back for a beautiful bride. Ain't that what he said? I'm coming back with, for a body, a bride that is consistent with my nature. Like I don't, it's just, and if this is you in here, that this is the Lord loves you. But it ain't nothing like an amazing, beautiful person that smoke a lot of cigarettes. Ugh. Or that has a nasty mouth. You just, nah, you just bad at your beautiful. You're beautiful young person or lady or man, but but the way you talk is so foul. Here's, here, here, here's, here's the point that there has to be a representation of the Jesus we talk about. And if you stick around a place long enough, you see if they the real deal, authentic love. I'm not talking about church love. Welcome to Love Quest. But you don't never talk to me. Right? One of the most consistent compliments that Love Quest get. Is that the people really experience the love of God. And the one, another word that is authentic. I'm not saying we don't love you. We're not excited to have people come to our church. But there's something when you encounter authenticity, it's undeniable. And I'm saying that the bride as a whole is not consistent. We got a limb over there. A limb over there. We got toes over there. We are so divided. Here's what the Bible says. Correct me if I'm wrong, EJ. He says that he gave the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and the evangelists. And the reason why he did that, he says, until. It's the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry until we come into the unity of the faith in Jesus. So there's something very important that we have to get that he ain't coming back till we unify. 
But I believe this is my crazy mind. We're so human that if we got the time, we'll take forever to unify. So there has to be a moment like, 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 like think about the pandemic. Think about the Twin Towers in the United States. Think about catastrophes. Think about moments that globally unite us, that globally put us in fear. So it can happen that within a day, everybody get united. The terror is so strong. There could be an event that happens that make us need each other. And put our theology aside, say, forget it, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> He's like, cool, come on now, right now, because y'all going to change your mind. <laughs> right? But I truly believe, love quest, prophetically speaking, that God is about to really send people from all types of faith, and all types of denominations, all type of religious backgrounds. So there's some things that we're about to get together on the teaching side to equip us as believers to understand the major global religions because we're going to have some explaining to do and some answers to give. Because God's going to miracle sign and wonder this thing, but when people are about to make their decision, they just need some answers. Right? The harvest ain't just, oh, no, sometimes the harvest is low-hanging fruit because people are ready to talk. You ever watch First 40? You ever watch them? They, they, they'll let them sit in there for five hours. They'll be like, I think he's ready to talk now. You'll get, you get the guy knock on the door. Hey, anybody out there? I'm ready to talk. Come on, man. Right? People tired. They're tired of running. They're tired of confusion. They're tired of supplementing. Like, they're tired of, uh, what do you call it? They're tired of drinking, tired of popping pills. They're, like, people are tired. And if we ain't equipped, we're going to lose a harvest. But on the flip side, we're going to have to understand where people are coming from so that we can properly equip them and teach them so they can have a firm foundation. Because where people are coming from, they're going to have to have answers to family. They're going to have family turn on them. They gonna, yeah, we, man, we, 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 man, I'm so glad God talking to me like this. This is good stuff right here. This is good stuff right here. This is then Benny Hinn. Anybody ever heard of Benny Hinn? I don't care if you saw it when people made jokes about him. Right? But there was authentic miracle signs and wonders that has happened under his ministry. But if you ever went to one of his crusades, if you go to any major crusade, you see people from all walks of religions and faiths. And let me help you understand, everybody in the Bible that received a miracle wasn't saved. You think Jesus, Jesus just want to heal Christians. Moving right along. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth. But the Lord will rise up on his people. So wherever there's thick darkness, we need thick lights. We need strong light. You, you ever drive home after church and see construction happening? You, you see them with Edison lights on the construction site? You see them with club lights on the construction site? 
you don't see the disco ball on the construction site. You, you see big construction lights. Any, what are those lights called? Flood lights. So God's about to shine on us in a major way. The enemy, let me, let me advance, let me, let me advance, let me advance, let me advance. I think we got like 60 more seconds. I think 15 minutes passed with the heater, amen. The enemy, the enemy is after our passion. A passionless, we about to get into some good, good, okay? A passionless person is a easily defeated person. A passionless, remember, remember it said love or passion cannot be stopped. It's invisible. So what I understand is a passionless person is an easily defeated person. That's why I can't be in no church where there ain't no passion. It's not good enough for us to teach you about a person who had passion. But the God I serve, his passion is transferable. A passionless person is an easily defeated person. John 5, Jesus said to him, do you truly long to be well? His brother's sitting on the side of the pool. The story says when the angel comes, stirs up the water, that's the time to get in. Say time. The time to get in is stirred up. And Jesus asked his brother who has been lame all his life. He's on a stretcher, on a bed. He says, do you want to be well? And, and like if you had an addiction issue, if you was in the hospital with tubes up your nose, wouldn't you be kind of offended? Jesus walk in the sick room and say, hey, you want to be well? And that's what I'm asking some of you. You can come in here all you want to, but showing up to church doesn't mean you will have the passion to get the results you desire. The question is, do you really want to be well? Do you want to be transformed? Do you want things to be new in your life? The sick man answers, sir, there's no way I can get healed. For I have no one to lower me excuses. Can I help anybody? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't canceled yourself out because of your resume, because of your background, because of the mistakes you made, because people walked out on you. You didn't cancel yourself. Ain't no way I can advance. Ain't no way I can get that job. Ain't no way somebody gonna want to be my friend. Ain't no way. He said, Nobody gonna lower me. Nobody gonna give me a handout into the water when the angel comes. As soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, someone else jumps in ahead of me. It sounds like the one Jesus talking to don't got the passion. But he keeps getting passed up by people with what? Passion. Ain't it funny? All of them need healing, but not all of them got passion. The woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus. And Jesus said that touch is different. What was different between the woman with the issue of blood and all the people who was crying out to Jesus' name? He responds to desperate people, not popular people. <laughs> not rich people. Desperate people. 
This is why he say, man, to the, to the rich man, it's hard. It's hard because your wealth might take away your passion for me. Can you be wealthy and passionate about Jesus? As soon as I try, there's been a hit out on your passion. Thank you. That's how y'all respond when the heater, when you hear the heater come on. Thank you, Jesus. There's been a hit out on your passion. There's been, let me, let me read. When hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness <laughs> will satisfy your soul. The other translation says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Let's read this one more time. When hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. I just want to, before we move on, I, I want to help people understand or just think about there's a difference between delay and destroyed. Don't allow your trauma to respond as though your dreams have been destroyed. Maybe they've just been what? Delayed. I had this thought a week ago. And I said, Holy Spirit, remind me when you want me to say it. And he just reminded me. You got to write this down. We have to learn how to traumatize our trauma. <laughs> Your hope traumatizes trauma. Your testifying traumatizes your trauma. Your praise traumatizes your trauma. Don't just be the traumatized. Traumatize your trauma. Stop being a victim. Stop laying down to trauma and traumatize trauma. Get trauma out your face. Right? It's cool you get in therapy, but God did not. He did not. Jesus did not die for you to understand your trauma or cope with your trauma. He died for you to overcome your trauma. So again, understanding helps me identify the windows and the doors and the understanding of how the enemy has set traps in my life. But I don't stop at understanding. Understanding equips me. It arms me. It gives me the ability to intelligently fight back. I'll say it again. Understanding the name of a thing, a diagnosis should not cripple me. It should equip me and arm me to fight back intelligently and efficiently. So I'm not just swinging in the dark. I can actually have 
target practice. When people have goals and dreams, they put that specific detail up on their mirror, up on their dashboard, and they begin to go after that. That's why the Bible says don't turn to the left or the right. If it's cancer, if it's diabetes, if it's children's trauma, if it's whatever it is, put it up there. Whatever you're looking to overcome, don't just put stuff you want in your life like I got a dream to do this. But what are you killing? Put that on your mirror. I put depression on my mirror. And all this week, I am coming after you, depression. What's your goals to overcome depression? If you got goals to have a mansion, you should have goals to overcome fear. What's the strategy and the steps to overcome your insufficiencies and your fears and your trauma? He said. Deferred, this word deferred means took a different route. It, it just kind of slid the other way. It, it ran into traffic. These, these are my definitions. But if you go find, if you trust Webster more than me, I'm totally cool with that. But you'll find that Webster and I are similar. Just how I talk. Ran into traffic. Rain delay, cancellations, right? You go to the airport, plane got canceled. That's frustrating when you got somewhere to be, when you've been gone forever. It took a different route. It ran into traffic. See, these are things you got to, man, it's a rain delay, Anytime there's a rain delay in baseball or football, it doesn't mean the game is over. It just means that there's, it's postponed to a later date or later time in the day. Stop throwing fits because the time has been changed. You thought it was going to happen this year. It's okay. It could happen on January 1st. But stop throwing a fit because when you throw fits, you distract yourself. It's just been delayed, not destroyed. It's coming, but in God's timing. What you need to do is make sure you prepare yourself for God's timing. Deferment doesn't kill, but disappointment mishandled kills. The deferment does not kill alone. This is like, oh, I gotta do, I gotta go another. Let me, let me, let me. I went one way to get to church. Then I see a little traffic. Check the GPS. Zoom in, zoom out. Okay, we can go that way. I had to go a different route, but I still got here. And I was still, my, my music didn't change, my praise didn't change, my sermon didn't change. Nothing changed. I just took a different route. Children of Israel went a different route, and because it was the longer route, and instead of trusting God, they was ready to go back to bondage because it was taking long. Or it didn't go the way that they thought it should go. When are we going to stop throwing spiritual fits because it don't go. This generation needs to stop throwing fits. You know the backs. You know why you got freedom? Because there was people who took the long route. 
There was people who was hosed down. There was people who had to march. There was people who had to fight. There was family members who had to be broke, had to swim, and had to hop on boats to get here. So you can have a better way. You don't have half of the heartache that your mama, your grandmama, great-grandmama had. Stop complaining. Deferment doesn't kill, but disappointment mishandled will kill. Jesus took the disciples from success to fulfillment. Yeah, they was providing for their family, but they wasn't fulfilled. Taking them nets up every day. All right, fellas, see you tomorrow. But boy, if you look at their life after Jesus, what they stood for, the passion they had. Peter was a runner, but then he had the power of God in him, and he began to preach the gospel. He was willing to be persecuted. There was a passion now. He was fulfilled. He was ready to die for Jesus. You, know, you don't have true passion until you're ready to die for it. We're talking about passion. We're talking about passion. We're talking about fulfillment. The enemy came to steal your hope, kill your passion, and destroy God's plan. Our passion has to be able to contend with our pain. You see, you see, when pain comes, passion rises up. Here you go. Just, just on a small practical way. Sunday, three services. I was Hallelujah. Right? Every time the music raised up, I couldn't hear myself. And I remember standing down here talking to somebody after service. I was like, man, I wish my voice it was their first time coming. It's like, man, you could preach. I was like, man, I wish my voice was here. Man, I didn't, I didn't like have my full power. They're from another religion, too. They said, yeah, you didn't have your voice, but we still felt the passion and the power. We still felt the power. See, I didn't, I didn't, you, if you allow me to talk just a little bit, just give me a, just give me a little bit of breath. If, if y'all got to listen a little bit harder, because I yell all the time, y'all got it good. But on one Sunday, if y'all got to lean in a little bit more, I, one thing I got is passion, and passion communicates. Conviction communicates. Power is released, and it's imparted. And what happened? What, what would happen if I decided to say, oh, I just, I'm going to lay off tonight because um, <clears throat> just to make sure I'm good for next week. But, but 30 souls couldn't wait till next week. <laughs> what is your why? Hope is the gatekeeper for passion. What have you given up on hoping for? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Understand that. That I need my faith. I need my passion. Like I, I, I need these things work together. 
If I don't have nothing to hope for, I don't have nothing to have passion for. This is why you understand why your passion is up and down because you only have passion when you excite it. But I got passion every day because every day God needs to touch somebody. <laughs> You'll catch that when you get home sometime next week. You got to understand that I always, because you become a vessel for a eternal fire. Right? So you, even if I'm discouraged, there's a fire that overrides my discouragement. And it's oftentimes through lending my discouraged vessel for a fire and then I serve you and then I go in the back and all of a sudden the fire that came through me for you burned out my discouragement you little patty cake Christians amen you'll get it in a minute amen hope is the gatekeeper for this passion let's move it right along I only got a few minutes um where do I want to go I, I, I told you I'll give you some of this, so I'm going to give you this. Uh, I was going to give you the one with this, your blood, how she kept saying to herself, if I could touch even his clothes, she kept saying, I know I'll be healed. If I, if I could keep, if she just kept saying, she kept talking to herself. It was her self-talk that gassed her up enough to crawl to Jesus. She wasn't just sitting there desiring to be healed. At some point she had to get, because Jesus didn't come to her house. She had to go get Jesus. <laughs> she sent forth the word and met her word. Oh, Shikaba. Let me, let me. Resist allowing your pain or process to push out your passion. Resist allowing your pain or process to push out your passion. Um, um. Your passion is a witness. Your passion is a witness. You don't have to feel passionate to be passionate. Ah, oh, man. I, 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 baby, man. Understand that Jesus, no, I'm not going to stop there. The fire or the passion can build or increase and spread by you feeding it, fanning it, and fencing it. Right? Second Timothy says, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame. You know, it's not a flame, but you fan it into a flame and rekindle the fire. Right? You see, Proverbs 4 says, so above all, guard the affections, the passions of your heart for they affect all that you are so my identity is dependent on my passion or lack thereof the people I attract in my life do you know your passion whatever you have passion for attracts or keeps certain people away oh my passion for Jesus for sure keeps some people away right my convictions keep certain people that helps I don't got to turn nobody away. They turn themselves away once they identify, oh, I can't penetrate that fire. I can't change his mind on that. Right? But your confusion, it draws thieves in your life. 
Your undecisiveness, your insecurities draw people like, like they draw blood suckers into your life. Because it's, it's a spirit that says, ooh, go mess with them. They don't know who they are. Maybe we could shape them to be something. I'm going to need them down the line. So let me get you in their life and let me get you to shape something in their life. Leave them hanging. And then later on down, they're going to be angry, bitter. They're going to be something. And you see, this is why I made up mine. A conviction of this is who I am. And whether you like it or not, I'm in love with Jesus. I'm on fire for Jesus. I'm at church all three services. And if you don't like it, you're going to stay away from me. 50 Cent said, you can find me in the club. Right? Well, you can find me right here in the church. Right? You know where to find the devil. You know where to find the devil. When you're going to find some, this is where I'm at on Sunday. This is holy day. This is my day where I'm just going to submerge myself in God. One, two, three services, I'm there. I'm bringing snacks. I want to be around the body. I want to be around the fire because I want that passion. So I'm going to stick around it. If you want to be warm on the beach and it's cold and there's a fire over there, what you going to do? You're going to stand by the fire. These people, you one day of your life, you got a chance to be around life and miracles and power and encouragement. And you want to give Jesus one little moment because you got you got what? You're in a world that's about to end up. And everywhere you go, people need you to invest. You need to care. The greatest gift you have for your local grocery store is the glory of God. When you walk in the room, there's something people see. They cannot explain it, but you're different. <laughs> he said, guard your heart. For out of it flows the issues of life. I'm not going to have time to get through all these. Maybe I'll get through one or two. But harnessing the passion of the spirit. How do we harness the passion of the spirit? We see Philippians 2.5 say, let this same mind be in you. Romans 8 and 11 says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. 2 Peter 1.1 says this, we have like precious faith. Matthew 3.11 says, he's, Jesus is coming to baptize us in the spirit and with fire. Right? So there's a fire, a passion for us to harness as a body of believers, and we're going to need it in this world. Harnessing. It is counting on God's power through our spiritual disciplines of, number one, prayer. How do I harness this passion? Number one, it's prayer. Confess and acknowledge. We see it says, for tremendous power is released through passionate heartfelt prayer of a godly believer so when we come together we're practicing things like everybody around here just lift your voice and begin to exalt the Lord or begin to pray and you might hear me every now and then say hey put some volume to it put your gut into it you might hear us sing the same line over and over we might say sing it louder because we're trying to stir up that fire into that, that ember into a flame we're not just in here like, let's just sing loud. Let's just be loud. 
No, we're trying to stir up passion because that passionate response to God releases power into your life. It helps you overcome on Monday, Tuesday, and then you come back Wednesday and start. You don't never let this is why this is what midweek service do. It don't let your flame go out. Midweek, right when it get about a quarter tank of gas, you right back at the gas station. Right, you can pull up. You 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 get your Tesla. You can go pull up to the charger and fall asleep, and get charged up. Come to church sleepy. But just being in the room, some kind of electricity going to fall on you. Number two, the study of God's word. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. The word of God is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. The word of God. David says, I put my word in my heart, your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Right? The word is alive and it cuts and it penetrates. It goes to the depths. Not only does it search the depths, but the word of God allowed to move and be alive in your life produces help. Joy is medicine, okay? Right? You want healing in your body? Start laughing more. Start getting around more joy. This is why we're a church that say we are going to be intentional about celebrating often. Number three, meditation. We didn't let the devil steal meditation. You got churches. Oh, meditation is even no... Know who you worshiping and where your heart is turned towards. But man, meditate on this word. Meditate on what God, he says, meditate on it day and night. For then you shall make your own way prosperous. There's something that's produced inside of you when you meditate on the word. Number four, faith. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's the Hebrews, but this says, how could this kind of faith save anybody? What kind of faith? A faith that's dead. Faith without works is dead. Passion is produced when you take a step or a leap and find out God is it's like that buzzer beater. You just throw up in the air and it's just like, and then when it go in, what happens? Passion is released in the stadium. But that shot that I just took at the buzzer is a gamble. But when it go in, or when somebody, a whistle is blown and somebody just throw up a shot like this, and it go in and people go, this is just what he's saying. Passion is released when you step out on faith. But what happens if I hold the ball? I don't give the opportunity for a while. But let me just shoot it just in case. And then it goes in. And then what happens? There's this experience that takes place because I chose to shoot it. Let me help you out. Start shooting. 
Stop holding back your confidence. I know it's scary, but shoot it. Obedience. Probably pick up here next week because I got a few scriptures for obedience. How does obedience produce passion? Let me give you one of these scriptures. Where did you go? If you are willing and obedient, you shall, Isaiah 119, you shall eat the good of the land. There is blessing stored up for obedient people. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Rebellion does not lead to anywhere but destruction. And then we have holiness. Let me just turn it off. Turn it off. We, we'd be done in five minutes. We'd be done in five minutes. Did you smack your lips? Amen. They're going to fall off. They're going to fall off. Holiness. God is calling his church to holiness. Because he is holy. We've made holiness scary. You're not holy because your whole body is covered up. You're not holy because you don't listen to secular music. You, you're not holy. Like, like that doesn't make you holy because you do a religious thing. Right? Like that doesn't make you holy. <clears throat> but we are set apart. For God. Right? You can be sagging in your jeans and still be holy. It's about nature and not performance. Holy is a nature. It's not works. It's a nature. It says we are holy because he is holy. It's a nature. It's our identity. It's our image and likeness that makes us holy. And we'll dig into that next week. And then charismatic humility. And I'll dive into what this means. I don't even know what it means all the way, cause, but, you know, it's just something that I felt the Lord was saying. And it's come, something I have to deal with. But I can walk with the Lord as passionate and as charismatic as I am and be humble. And I think a lot of people don't understand if the fire of God truly hits you, it's hard to not have charisma. You have to deny charisma. But what I feel God is calling people, we're going to carry his fire and his glory. You can't be afraid of people that's afraid of your charisma. Because the fire will cause you to have joy, to have a boldness, to speak up. And you can't be talked out of it. What I will give you before you go home, I need everybody to write these down. Don't have scriptures for these. It's just straight up is what it is. I'm about to give you eight. I think it's eight passion killers. I think somebody going to need to see these this week. Eight passion killers. Number one. Is procrastination. Some of y'all think way too long. Right? You ever you ever light a match and 
that thing burning. You better light that candle or whatever you're trying to, that fire log or whatever you're trying to do, but that fire ain't waiting for you to. But procrastination kills us. You, when, when, you, when that fire is lit, you got to take a step. Momentous fire. Right? The fire doesn't get big because it stays in one place, but it moves. Then you get around other on fire people. Then your fire gets bigger. Number two, inconsistency. So, like, let me tell you, man, June 2007, the moment I grew up in church, okay? But going to church and growing up in church did not make me, yeah. But in June 2007, when I made my mind up to really follow Jesus, we ain't turned back. We've been preaching the gospel. We've been studying the word. We've been working on our marriage. We've been, you know, cutting things out of our lives, cutting certain vocabularies out of our words, out of our vocabulary. Like, it takes a lifelong commitment and consistency to get where the greats are. Like, you look at LeBron, you look at Kobe, you look at these greats, man, they've been playing that sport all their life. You don't get to be like, 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 you know, it trips me out. But Stephen Curry, when he go warm up, the dude is dribbling, doing some of the same dribbling drills he's been doing since he was a kid. That push shot we see, why he got so much range. You go back and look at film when his daddy was in the NBA. He was the little kid that was pushing the ball. In between timeouts, since a little kid, he's been doing it. Y'all going to have to, we going to have to start and not stop. There's a praise that has to go up and not stop. There's a coming together that just cannot stop. Anxiousness kills passion. Anxiousness kills passion. Don't turn to it, but I think y'all going to appreciate this next one. Right now, now, you take these and you go meditate on them this week. And if any of them witness to you, you kick them out. But this next one is really big. Passionless company. Some of y'all hang around some people that don't got no passion. Shallow thinking, shallow dreams. Don't want too much in life. What you doing today? Nothing, chilling. <laughs> I'm just chilling. You feel me? Next time, say no. I'm out. I'm not fooling with you no more. The next one. Complaining. Please do not show Effie or any people with hoods on, on social media because it's going to look like we just really freezing people out. It don't make no sense. Come on. Like, please. <laughs> oh, magnify the cold with me. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Next one, complaining. 
Okay? We're going to get out of here super quick. Way quicker than what y'all think. Watch. Watch, watch. watch this. Watch this. I'm going to end it tonight on a quick one. Watch. Complaining. The next one. What kills passion is people pleasing. Amen. Now, I got to be very careful because when people read this, a rebellious spirit comes up in some people. This does not mean you don't listen to nobody. But I'm talking about when you're driven by the fear of man. We'll get into these next week. And then compromised conviction. When you start doing stuff, that you don't really want to do. You take that, you know, some of y'all got businesses, right? You take that client and the whole party, you like, I don't know why I came here. You go to that coffee meeting. On the way there, you call in the people you really want to hang out with. You like, yeah, I'm about to go to this meeting. Please Please pray for me. <laughs> or, or you set it up. Call me at 905. I'm going to put you on speaker and you just go. <laughs> and the last one is fear. Fear kills passion. And sometimes fear will cause Passion for something that was not God's plan for your life to be birthed. I'll close with this. This is relying on the Holy Spirit to daily deal a death blow to my flesh and its activities in my life. To have faith in God is key to reliving or reviving our spiritual passion. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for your love and your passion. Thank you that we are rekindled, we are reflamed, we are refreshed. And I thank you, Lord, that tonight's fuel up will get us to Sunday. And on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we will be strong, experience victory, will be courageous. I thank you, Lord, we will continue to learn how to let our let our light shine, let our fire burn, and get out of your way. I thank you that we will continue to be surrendered to you as you tap us on the shoulder to use our tongue, to use our minds, to use our eyes, to use our feet, to use our hands, Lord. We will let it burn. And Lord, I just pray that you send us people who have a heart for the nations, to have us have a heart for all mankind, Lord. Equip us with the resources, the people, the tools, the lingo, the education, the wisdom, the strategies to steward this global, global <laughs> harvest. And as you draw people from all over the world to Canada, I thank you that you will also draw people from all over the world to Love Quest. 
thank you for sending us the finances, sending us the resources, sending us the relationships to steward this revival of all nations. And I thank you that there's an all nations anointing in this place. As we go higher, Holy Spirit, equip us, educate us, strengthen us, prepare us. And Father, we promise to give you the glory out of all that you're about to do. We will never lose our wonder. We will never lose our wow factor. We will celebrate you all the days of our life. And we forever give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and follow us on social media. You can find us on IG and Facebook at LoveQuestINTL Church. We out here. But you know what it is. You know the motto. We out of time, but we ain't out of Jesus. So till next time, get your love fixed, man.